Hey there, educational rock stars. Are you feeling overwhelmed with lesson planning for your English language learners? Well, I've got some exciting news for you. Introducing our upcoming free webinar, Simplify Your Approach, Three Time-Saving Routines for ELL Success. Join me for a power-packed 45 minutes that's set to revolutionize your teaching strategy. In this webinar, we'll dive into three practical, easy-to-implement routines that will not only enhance your ELL teaching methods, but also save you hours of planning time. Yes, hours. So whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, these insights are tailored to help everyone make the most of their teaching time. Plus, you'll leave this webinar ready to implement these routines the next day. So mark your calendars for our two upcoming dates. I don't want you to miss this opportunity to transform your ELL lesson planning. To reserve your spot, simply sign up at www.equippingells.com slash routines. Trust me, your future self will thank you for it. I'll see you at the webinar. You're listening to episode six of Equipping ELLs. Hey there, I'm so excited you're joining me today. Today's episode is all about where to spend your time with your ELLs when you are short on time. I know that as your caseload of ELL students increases, you are feeling the pull on your time, how to make sure your students are getting the correct amount of time they deserve and need, plus making the most of the time you have when you are with your students. We will be covering all these topics today, so let's get to the show. Teaching ELL students is a privilege and a joy. Is it easy? No way. But with the right support, you can feel empowered to tackle each day with ease and confidence. I'm your host, Beth Fauché, founder of Inspiring Young Learners. With over 10 years of teaching both nationally and internationally, I know what it takes to ensure that your ELL students have what they need to thrive today, tomorrow, and for life. I'm on a mission to empower you to equip your English language learners. Welcome to Equipping ELLs. Let's get to today's episode. For my own experience of taking 10 years of Spanish in the United States and teaching ELLs in the U.S., there are two main areas that we are not focusing on that, in my opinion, make the biggest difference in students growing in a new language. Are you ready to hear what those two main areas are? Well, first, we have to spend ample amount of time on listening comprehension. How well they can understand what they are listening to in English directly impacts how well they will be able to speak, read, and write in English. Yet, so little time is spent really teaching and working on strengthening their listening comprehension skills. We want to really be focusing on helping them tune their ears to being able to clearly hear and pick out words, decipher words and sentences, hearing intonation, pitch, all of those things come with learning a language, and that takes practice. I know I was guilty of spending very little time focusing on activities that really promoted listening comprehension with all my students, because all of my students really needed that support. 
Now I've experienced this firsthand because like I said, I took 10 years of Spanish in the United States. I have a minor in Spanish. I have an endorsement in Spanish. I could teach Spanish, which is scary because it's not that good. But once I took all of those years, I thought I'm going to be set when I, you know, I eventually moved to Panama and thought I have all of this experience. I should be able to speak. I should be able to understand people. Well, guess what? Turns out my listening comprehension was terrible. I could not understand what people were saying, and I was way too embarrassed to say that I didn't understand. So usually I just smiled, nodded, and said, see, well, that didn't go so well on understanding people and growing in speaking Spanish better. So I remember one night sitting down and watching the news. I would try to really train my ear to understand the news. And if you've ever watched the news in another language, you know that it sounds like a bunch of gibberish just going very quickly and you have no idea what they're saying. So even after 10 years of Spanish, that's still how I felt when I watched the news. I had no idea what they were saying. But after doing this continually, I all of a sudden one night realized I just understood what that newscaster said, and I didn't have to translate that. It was like this aha moment, this click that happened in my brain, because I was beginning to understand and build my listening comprehension. I was strengthening it, by watching the news. And so all of a sudden my brain clicked and I was able to understand a lot more without having to translate. That same thing is happening with our ELL students. At first, they're going to be really overwhelmed with hearing English all day long. They're going to feel like they're, you're like the newscaster who's speaking so fast. And a lot of us do speak really fast. So we want to slow down a little bit, but they're going to have a really hard time picking out any words that are familiar to them. But the more that they tune their ear to hearing English, the more that they're going to be able to turn their brain on to really starting to understand what you're saying. So this is why listening comprehension is so critical. So what are some things that you can do to add in listening activities? Because we want to make this a priority. During any lesson, here are three easy ways to make listening more common in your day-to-day teaching. So the first strategy is during read-alouds, or if you're just doing long teacher-directed lessons, make sure to incorporate opportunities to check in on students' comprehension or doing breaks like doing a think-pair-share. This helps to break up long moments of sitting, and it really helps your students become active listeners. If they're very used to knowing, oh, when my teacher does read-aloud, Maybe she'll call on a few students, but I can kind of check out during this. Or, oh, when my teacher's up front, she's not going to really call on me, so I can check out during this part. We don't want that to happen to our students. We want them to know, okay, during this read aloud, I'm going to be expected to respond to what she's saying or what he's saying. And so, you know, I love to give my students little note cards and would write agree, disagree, or yes, no, or I have a question, or I have a connection having them hold those up during the read aloud. That right there is helping them to become active listeners when you're reading. Now, for independent work time or homework, have students listen to books. This is a really easy but powerful way to increase their listening comprehension. And there are so many free websites that have amazing books that are read aloud to them. Websites like Epic, Storyline Online, they're great places to start. Those are some free ones you can use. Some paid apps are one that was that my, is my favorite is Vooks. 
V-O-O-K-S, which is a wonderful interactive way of doing a read aloud with your students, or they can listen to it independently. And then apps like Raz Kids are also incredible resources to help them grow in their listening comprehension. What I love about Raz Kids, if you do have a subscription to that, is that they can listen to the story first and then try to read it on their own and then finish with a comprehension quiz. So that kind of hits the trifecta there of doing all three of those in one story. Now, you can also, like I mentioned in last week's episode, create your own QR codes. If they have a favorite book in the class or even a book that you've done a read aloud with, you can read it over and put it on a QR code and put it on the front of the book. Now, all of a sudden, that becomes a listening center. They can go and read a book that's familiar to them, a book that you've already read to them, and they can listen to that book on their own independently. So use those QR codes. You can QR code any reading passages that they're doing so that they can first listen to that passage read fluently and so that they can understand what they're working on. I'm going to link some closed reading passages and some scaffolded read alouds in the show notes. So you can check those out if you are looking for things that are already done for you, that I already have QR codes ready to be used with your students so that you can increase listening comprehension skills. Last, for times you really want to make sure that your students understanding the content. So in other words, removing the reading barrier, like we talked about last week, you want to make sure to add that QR code to it and paste it onto the worksheet. Now, if you use an app called Screencastify, this can easily be done. You literally just press record, record yourself reading it, and you can automatically turn it into a QR code. So it doesn't take a lot of extra work, but there's a lot of power behind them having that extra support of hearing it read aloud to them. And again, just to clarify, you would want to use those for activities that are not working on their reading. If they're they're building their reading skills, then you might not want to give them that QR code of it read to them. Sometimes you might want to, to have them to allow them to hear it fluently. Other times that might not be appropriate, but you really do want to use that when you're working on content and you're working on building knowledge. You want to give them that passage or whatever they're working on. If you can give it to them read fluently to them, that's going to really help them capture that vocabulary and understand better. So first area that we need to spend more time on is building the listening comprehension of our students. So the second area to focus on is output, which is speaking or writing. Most of the time, this will be focusing on speaking, but for those who are working with fluent ELLs, you know, intermediate advanced ELLs, then you would want to focus on increasing your, their writing skills. How do we do this? All right. So here are some ways that you can help increase their output, either their speaking or writing. You can provide sentence stems and academic language stems. So you want to remove that hindrance to help them form an idea. You want to give them that starter so that they can keep going and fill in the rest of the sentence, whether it's speaking or writing. You also want to create an environment where it is expected that your students speak but that it's safe to speak. Okay, this goes back to our second episode here on equipping ELLs, where we talked about the biggest area to focus on is building that relationship with your students. 
because when they feel safe, they'll be willing to take risks. So you want to create an environment where it is expected that the students speak, because if they do not speak, they will lose what they're learning. If they don't use it, they will lose it. And so we want to make that part of our daily routines that they are expected to speak. You know, a couple months there where you might have your newcomers have a silent period and you want to respect that. You never want to force a student to speak, but you want to find ways that they're excited to share what they're learning. They light up when they say a new vocabulary word. They get excited about a game where they're, you know, not even realizing that they're speaking because they're into this game so much. So find ways that speaking is a part of your everyday routine, but they're, they're feeling safe and comfortable to do it. You don't ever want to put a student on the spot to speak in front of the whole class, unless you've given them time to prepare, that they know that that's going to happen. You've given them the supports they need. Instead, you want to use multiple different cooperative learning strategies to have students get up and move and talking with their peers. This is a great time to really check in on student progress is when they are speaking with their peers. That's when you're going to get really authentic data. Some of my favorite cooperative strategies, and you can find more of these inside my course, ELL Strategy Academy. We go through 25 different strategies that help students learn English through all the different domains and language levels. But some of my favorite are inside-outside circles, numbered heads, and one stray. So these are just some really simple activities that take no more prep work on your time, but all the students are talking at once, all the students are engaged, and it helps your students have that expectation that they are going to speak, they're going to respond to what they've been learning. So make that a point. Another quick and easy thing that I always recommend to do is start every class with a picture prompt. Just have it up on the board, set that expectation that when they come in, whatever level they're at, if they're newcomers, they're going to look at the picture. They're going to see if they can figure out any vocabulary in it. They're going to maybe be ready to answer a question or ask a question for your higher level ELLs. When they come in, they're going to know they get their journal out and they write down the words. They write down a sentence. They write a paragraph about it. So having that one picture prompt and having that used as a output activity at the beginning of every class for five to 10 minutes is an excellent way to set that expectation that they are going to speak in your class, but it's going to be fun. It's going to be engaging and it's going to be safe. Now, the next way is to model, model, model with clear expectations. You need to know what to expect to hold them to it. Okay. So you need to, it's very important that you are clear of what should a student who is in fourth grade and is at OWEDA level three. And this is if you're in OWEDA state, but if they're at this language level in speaking or in writing, what should I expect from that student? This is really key to helping the teachers, helping us know what are clear expectations for that student? When am I maybe pushing them to a frustrational level that that's not appropriate? Or when am I dumbing it down a little bit and really not setting them to having higher standards and helping them get to that. And so it's really important that we have a clear idea of what our students should be able to do by the language level and grade level that they're at. Now, good thing for you, I have it already done for you. (laughs) 
I do not want to leave you in the dark on this because it is so important, but it's also very overwhelming to know what should this fourth grade level three student be able to do in all the domains? Well, in the show notes, you can find my free set of WIDA can-do descriptors that are by language level and grade level. So you can quickly look and see this first grader who's a level two I'm working on speaking. What are some appropriate expectations and tasks that this student should be able to do? So make sure to go grab those in the show notes because that is going to really help you be able to set clear expectations for your students. Another excellent extension that you can put on your Google Slides or your Google Forms that will help your students more actively engage and speak is called Moat, M-O-T-E. This is a fabulous extension because students are then able to leave a voice note anywhere on the slides or on the form. And so what great data you to have is, you know, in your Google Forms that you're giving them assessment. If you're able to capture them speaking about the topic and have that in your files from the beginning of the year to the end of the year and showing the progress of their speaking over the year, That's a really powerful way to show the students, to show the other teachers just the growth that they've made and they become more comfortable speaking if they're doing it frequently like that through technology. So those are two of my favorite ways to help students speak through technology. So if you are short on time, focus on strengthening your students' listening comprehension skills and their output of speaking or writing as much as possible. I say this because as someone who took 10 years of Spanish and then moving to a foreign country that speaks Spanish and not being able to speak it, the big culprit of that was my lack and poor listening comprehension. And because I really didn't speak it very much in all my classes, I wasn't forced to speak it very often. And so we don't want to do that same thing to our students. We want to be having them naturally communicate with their peers, communicate with you, using academic language, we want to really build up those skills with our students so that they can really soar in the world. So focus on listening comprehension and speaking or writing. Thank you for joining me in today's episode. All links and resources mentioned can be found in the show notes. If you're looking for even more support and done for you resources created specifically for the needs of ELLs, head to inspiringyounglearners.com. I'll catch you here next week. Until then, take that next step to keep equipping your ELLs.